Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, this sucks. What are you drinking? I'm just Bud. Oh. All my other shit's out in the trailer, out at the lake. Just Bud. Just Bud. That's all I just, got this time. Just Bud. It's cold. That's what it is. Just on a hot bud. day like today, that's all that matters. Dude, it was it was it's been warm the last couple of days. Have you hit forty? Because like we've been mid thirties, like thirty eight. Oh. It's probably forty depending on where you are. But like when I'm driving home after work. It says uh, it says it's forty degrees. So Man, no thanks, I can't handle that. My hat's off to you. But... Yeah, it's warm. Yeah, it's definitely warm. But so that fur bearers thing, what is that? Oh, so anyway, the um, the fur bearers. So the fur bearers uh, um, says an established in nineteen fifty three. The fur bearers, the Association for the Protection of Fur Bearing Animals, is a nonpartisan registered charity charity dedicated to protecting fur-bearing animals through conservation advocacy uh, advocacy (laughs) thanks you're welcome i got you yeah research and education so is it anti-hunting or is it just pro it's only the fur bear yeah um so i don't know man so apparently what they're what they're saying is from my understanding what they're saying is that the um, conservation offers, officers are euthanizing black bears. Oh, that. Okay. And it's just unjust. So that's the, but, the howl action yeah. thing. Yeah. I didn't read too much into it. I just kind of skimmed. I didn't have time to actually try to find anything on it. Yeah. John messaged me, asked me about doing a show on his, on their stuff just to cover some of it. So yeah, apparently yeah. what they want. Like I haven't dug too far into it just because it's been so fucking busy. Um, 
So they want, uh, they want like, you know, like a watchdog, you know, like they started that thing for the RCMP, a watchdog organization to yeah. do investigations. Kind of like in the States, they have, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blind. Like internal affairs. Yeah, internal affairs, of... IA. Yeah. So that's what they're kind of like, These this Fur Bear Association, they want an independent association to overlook the conservation officers. And it's like, okay, there's what, like 109 conservation officers in British Columbia? Yeah. And like it's underfunded already and they don't make a lot to begin yeah. with. So you're just going to drive people out of being a conservation officer. Like for the amount oh, of education, man. like the amount of schooling you have to do now for how little they get paid and how much crap they have to deal with and like how little of them there are. Like, why would I don't you know bother? If, I don't, I don't know if it's increased. It definitely hasn't decreased from when I did it or started on it, but it was a four year program. And that shit was intense. Like it was no cakewalk to go through that stuff. Like you were studying every night with all the, all the zoology, plant taxonomy, you know, you got yeah, all your man. criminal code stuff that you got to, it's insane. Yeah. And it's yeah, crazy. They, they don't get paid. It's, it's one of those jobs you got to love to do to, to go through with it. Cause yeah, it's not like you're doing it. Yeah. For it's your cash. passion, man. It's not like you're not going through. I mean, I mean, you get benefits and all the other stuff, but yeah, still there was something in here I was reading. I, I was reading, I remember reading about there was like 600 black bears killed in 2021 that had to be put down. 77 of them were cubs. Oh, really? But I mean, it's not, well, it's what like, are they going to do? Where are they going to put them? Well, you can't, well, you, like, you pick a black bear up and you move it. It's just going to go back to where you put it, where you picked it up from. Well, not only that, but they're going to be crying too. So how long is it going to take for the next bear to jump on them? And like, they're not going to last long at all out in the woods like that. No, but no, like, I mean, just bears in general, like, even if it's a boar or sour, like once it's, yeah, once it's in town and it knows there's food here, it's going to keep coming back and like over and over and over. Those things can smell like their noses on them are amazing. Like they're going to keep coming back to where they know there's food year-round food too yeah people so, are the main problem there they're the ones causing it if you don't yeah, give them the reason the problem is in. The people leaving their garbage out leaving it accessible but i mean there's a lot of bears so i mean it's gonna there's gonna be more and more bear human confrontations as bc expands yeah. and the population grows it's just inevitable it is what it is i know rcos here who i'm quite i'm, I'm very good friends with and so I see firsthand what they have to deal with and like how widespread they have to actually cover and, and the shit that they've got to deal with. And man, my hat is off to them, what they deal with, how they have to deal with it and how professional they are. It's, it's unbelievable. And I don't think people have a clue. No, they don't. What they, they have, have to no go clue. through. And, you know, they've, they're only limited to certain kind of powers too, as to what they're capable of doing too. You know, you can't just say, well, I'm going to do this. Well, doesn't mean they're allowed to or and you know if that's for the uneducated people to you know come up with some of this stuff and instead of being like well no you can't do that because of well exactly what exactly what you said you can't just take them out of town a couple kilometers because they're coming right back no they have like, they have a mandate to follow and they're following orders and like that is what like i think they move them once like they'll pick it up move it transport it it comes back then they know it like it's going to, but it, it's, it's going to keep happening. Anyone who knows anything about bears knows that the bear is going to keep coming back to where it knows where, like where they know there's food and they hate doing it. They do not enjoy putting down animals at all. That's the no. last thing they want to do. 
No, I'm sure they'd rather put down some of those humans if they had the opportunity. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's in, yeah I'm going to have to, if you got any links or anything, send them to me. I wouldn't mind reading in on that. Like, yeah, I'll I'm send curious. them all to you. Yeah, I got to dive into a bit more, but I mean, like, and there was other, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff going on. And like, I don't, I mean, it's just another just another bullshit thing i mean fuck it's just another i don't know they're just trying to get attention i don't know what their deal is you know maybe they should raise some money so that we can get some more ceos out there so they're not stretched so thin well i mean there's gonna be like they're worried about they're worried about like you get rid of the conservation officers i mean most hunters that i know like all the hunters i know and all the people i you know group with they do stuff that's in the best animal interest of the animal, regardless of the law. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's 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 law, but they're doing it because, like, they're doing it because they love the animals. And yes, they hunt. I mean, I, I get you know the contradiction there. You know, I get it. But at the end of the day, we all want to see animals on the landscape more than we want to hunt. It came down to, well, you can hunt or you can have animals on the landscape. We're all going to pick having animals on the landscape. Yeah. And that comes down to a lot of those root causes too that that we talked about in previous shows too. You know, it's it's not one thing or another. It's such a huge, huge problem between you know habitat and yeah, you know, encroachment from humans and you know everything. There's a plethora of of different things. It's not like just go do this and that'll fix it all. Like it's such an a massive undertaking because of how badly it's been screwed up. Yeah. That uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what the solution yeah. is. Yeah, so I mean, if you, you take, chip away at it, but yeah, but if you take you start chipping like you if you discourage people from becoming conservation officers or staying in as conservation officers, how's that helping anything? That's not helping the like they no. say they're they're there to protect the animals, but how is that helping the animals if you're gonna if you're if the one body whose whose job obligation is to enforce the law to protect the animals. If you're pushing them out of be- sitting in that seat, how is that helping anything? They yeah. should be going at it a different way. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah. Why don't they do fundraisers or bring awareness or try to generate, you know, make it so it's more attractable for new people to become conservation officers. Yeah. And even when you're talking about the problem, like if they're bringing up bears and stuff like that too, get down to some of the root causes of some of the bears. I mean, yeah. Yes, people why are the bears there in the first place? Why are they there in the first place? And know maybe we should look at some scientific stuff as how many bears of you know like a black bear per se or a grizzly doesn't really matter how many can scientifically and and healthily uh live on this landscape given you know like people just seem to think that you can have these animals everywhere but they starve to death they you know they eat each other they're gonna do everything it takes to live so if you've got too many Guess what? They're going to come for the easy pickings, and if easy pickings is garbage and apple trees in town. Well, that's a yeah. given. And uh, you know, the black bear seems like this big megafauna, but it is lower on the food chain of predators. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the grizzly bear is, you know, it'll kill and eat black bears. You know, wolves, you know, they'll make they'll run their way with black bears. You know, even like cougars and stuff. You know, I'd put a cougar up against a black bear. You know, or at least, you know, the cougar's ability to take down a deer or, you know, to get food is a lot better than a black bear's. I mean, those things yes. are natural born killers. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah i mean they're gonna go they're they're gonna want to survive and there's a lot of black bears and like i say the more that more they look at the population of british columbia it just keeps growing and growing and growing yeah the ridiculous over amount the overpriced homes aren't because nobody's moving here right yeah it's because everybody's wants to move to like the, the population is growing insane and i'm like resource extraction huge and yeah. like these predators like hunters take like very few black bears if you think in terms of the numbers and like what they're regenerating like i'm sure there's probably more black bears hit hit on the highway oh yeah i would then there that. is killed by hunters well it's kind of like what we talked about too i think it was i can't remember if it was when we had uh uh is it dave bows doug bows yeah and we were talking about how in people's minds a lot of people don't even want to hunt them in the first place even though they can be delicious but they have it built into their head oh yeah we'd want to eat a predator that's disgusting yeah it's stereotypical so you're not getting unlike you say so even if a hunter wants to go out doesn't mean he's going to even you know necessarily get one yeah um, he'll definitely exactly. see them he or she will definitely see them there's no doubt about that if you want yeah. to but doesn't mean you're going to shoot it no that's what i mean so like you're, you're always going to see like you always i always see black bears but i'm always looking for them that's right but i don't know man it's messed up yeah just that's something else bad. it's like it's always something else like those guys that like john and charles man like they must be busy man you think of the, just the shit in bc oh. we deal with like compared to the states and tenfold it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing yeah, it how like even that last thing that was going through there with the Pittman roberts oh yeah what is that like, i that was weird well that's like, because they wanted they want to put that money into something else right and they're looking at it like man you know how much money this generates like yeah but what a crock of shit yeah it's crazy and it's it's funny too because like i look at british columbia as yeah you know you look back when we were kids at how many animals there were compared to now and fish fish know, is huge like fishing fish now huge. like fishing is i don't know what yeah. happened man but but you know what i mean like there was there was so many fish and there were so many elk and bears and deer and everything like there was so much and you think of like don't even think about it in in hunting terms like if the province had half a brain they would want to keep those numbers up look at the tourism when it comes to sightseeing look at look go to the coast whales and you got well fishing and all that kind of stuff how many times do you go you know in magazines and and tour guides looking for grizzly bears on the coast and black bears you know like go to jasper what's jasper known for in alberta like it's the elk by the resorts and everything like yeah and it's, it's funny though like okay with the grizzly bears and like sightseeing and people have these sightseeing and stuff like the hunting isn't going to take anything away from that at all no, not at all it's actually like you get an overpopulated area of grizzly bears it's not good no not good for any not good for the grizzly bears not good for the other animals so you think that way financially there's millions and millions and millions of dollars coming into the economy by having all those animals for people to enjoy. Even if you're just driving by the highway, it doesn't matter if they're on the side of the road. How many times as a kid did you drive by? You saw that giant moose or whatever, and it's ingrained in your face, or in, sorry, in your face, in your head. And uh, <laughs> hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's not. That's a, that's a bad day. It's, <laughs> it's come through the car door and it's in your face. That's a bad, you'll, you'll never forget it. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like I remember even around here, coming back and forth to Calgary and that it, as a kid, we herds of two hundred elk at a time, every ten kilometers. 
and I still remember that to this day. And I didn't, I didn't hunt back then. It was, a, you know, I fished. That's it. Yeah. But I still remember all those animals everywhere. It was the one thing I looked forward to the most as I drove back and forth. Yeah. Like up north, up north, like we go on hockey tournaments. Yeah. Drive them to like Terrace Kitimat and like moose. You'd see dozens oh. of moose all the time. You see the, along the river and like bears along the river. And those aren't yeah. just moose. Those are moose on steroids up there, man. Yeah. Like, but like even like, yeah, like the elk down here, you know, the deer, the mule deer is, mule deer is taking a hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough, oh, man. You, and then you, you think- got to do it. Then on top of all, like, you know, on top of like hunters who are true conservationists working with environmentalists who say that they're doing the same, that are looking out for the animals, but like they just want us to stop hunting. Like if they truly cared about it, they would just say, okay, listen, let's work together. Because like if somebody, if I had the opportunity to work, like if, if I knew an anti-hunter, I don't know any, um, not to like, not to my knowledge. And I mean, I'm sure I, I know some like through work and stuff, but yeah, it doesn't come up. Like if I knew an anti-hunter and I'd said, Hey, let's sit down, let's talk about the animal, Put you don't like me hunting. Uh, you know, I have nothing against you personally. I, I really don't care whatever you do. You just don't like me hunting these animals that we're both, that we both love and want to see in the landscape. Like we're going to get more done together than somebody trying to stop me from doing what I love to do yeah, and me trying to stop them from stopping me from doing what I love to do. Try to find that happy medium. Yeah. Just work together. I don't know, but I I think that's a pipe dream. I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think so either. No. Everybody's too, uh, too stubborn. It's my way. I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah. And it it doesn't come down to, no, no, I'm, I'm here listening to you. I like you listen to me as well. And you know, is there some, where's the common factors here? Yeah. I think it's the old, I think it's just, they just think you're driving around and shooting shit, leaving it in the bush, which I mean, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it is. It's not what it's about, but no. So how was the range yesterday? Oh, it started off a little sketchy (laughs) first couple, you know, I just getting warmed up and everything. It was all fine and dandy and took the first shot with the broadhead. just going straight, going straight. Then it wasn't (laughs) Oh really? (laughs) like a big hook to the right. At the end, like how far we just at the end, like this is out uh, 50 yards because 30 yards, it was only like two inches off. And I was like, well, that could be me. So whatever, let's just push it out. Two inches though, dude, that's with a broad head. It's it's dead. It's yeah, yeah, that's a good shot. That's long all day. So I was like, okay, let's see what 50 yards does. And it was like up to 40 yards, I bet. And then at 40 yards ish, I could just see this thing start to hook to the right. And I'm like, fuck. So I was like, all right, not a big deal. I already, I've been shooting a bit. And I've got it built into my head. Be like, even if I see there's an adjustment to be made, I'm still going to keep shooting, keep shooting without mm-hmm. touching anything. Yeah, that's what I, I do. Was, I just yeah. shoot through that shit. Like, I'll, I'll, if I start shooting to the left, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to shoot till this yeah. straightens itself out. Takes like me this, 100 arrows. This has been long enough. I was like, okay, I got to take a minute um, pin shift, a whole gang shift, like shift the whole yeah, housing, the housing over to the left, just a tiny bit. And then I was like, I might have to do a micro rest adjustment, but I wasn't worried about it. I was like, so I just did one thing, shot, shot, shot. And I was like, okay. And I, man, it was such a small adjustment that I made on the rest after a few more, maybe about after 15 more shots and like not even on line width. Like I've got lines built in and then I've got my vertical line that I watch go in and out. Yeah. And everything was confirming what I was suspecting already that I had to push my rest out like a tiny bit because yeah. it was shooting. It was flying beautifully up to 
even 40 yards, but it was anything past 40 yards. It started going wonky. Mm. So I maybe went like, I'm not even kidding. Like maybe half a line width that's painted on that ham ski uh, rests there. So I don't even know what kind of measurement that is. It's minute next shot man, right down the pipe. Nice. Like that picture I sent you there. I yeah. can't even see that tape, but I know it's dead center. I've got that thing positioned dead center on that white ring on there just because I can, I can line up my, the rest of my pins straight up and down in that yeah. circle. And it's like, all right, I just got to aim right for the top of that white. And I mean, my blades were cutting that tape and I was like, Oh, nice money. Like anything off there. I can't even see that. That might've hit exactly where I was. It might've hit half an inch. I don't know. I can't yeah. see that far. I need those spectacles you got. <laughs> yeah. But what, uh, what uh, broadhead are you shooting? I shot the, I'm shooting the Black Widow, Black Widow. Innovations. Um, they're recluse. It's a four blade. Oh yeah. And I've got a very similar setup to another friend of mine. We shoot the same arrows, same broadheads, virtually within probably five or six grains of each other too, of total arrow weight. Right. And I was having issues before, but he's just like, no, this is like money. Like he's got them. He had everything dialed in a little more time. Yeah. And he's very, uh, Kyle Sinclair Smith. He's out of Alberta. Right. The guy can shoot. So I was like, well, my arrows are probably good. Broadheads are good. It's, it's probably just some minor adjustments. And, uh, and we were talking the other day there, I was running uh three fletch. I've never drawn a four fletch before. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, ah. I did up a couple arrows. I thought, well, we'll just compare just a little bit, see how they were flying. And uh, let's just say right now, like I haven't shot now that I did that arrow rest, I haven't shot a three fletch with this broadhead. So I might save one, one hunting arrow for that for next week, just to compare it. But right now I'm shot so well with those four veins Mm -hmm. and it looked perfect from start to finish all the way down the field. I was just like, I haven't seen a straight arrow like that straight this year. And I was like, right. and that was with the four fletch. It's yeah. three, de- three degree helical. It's a right helical. Um, I never had, uh, I shouldn't say I never had time. I never clock tuned my uh Yeah, it most arrows. likely shooting to the left. Most so, right-handed bows shoot to the left, left unless it's... Yeah, so custom. next year I may purchase uh, a left degree, three degree uh helical right. jig there but i'll deal with that next year this thing yeah i was listening to an interesting podcast that john stallone was doing uh and they were talking about they were talking about broadheads so you know how like when you shoot you're shooting most of the time well not most of the time a lot of the times your broadheads spin loose i mean not your field tips like when you're shooting you have to yes they, yeah they, with field tips so now if that is a broadhead, if you're like, say you're the, it's threaded to the right, right? It's threaded to spin right. Clockwise. Now, yeah. if you're, if you are spinning your arrow the opposite direction, technically it's going to, un like, it's going to unscrew itself. I've heard that. Now one. that is going to mess the fuck up your flight path because your broadhead now is twisted. It's twist like it's unscrewing and it's not the same, like it's a, not in the same direction it was when it was yeah. tight, when it left. And where you probably set it up from. I could screw up your arrow path. Like, okay, so my I have left, I have all left. My my bow shoots off the string counterclockwise, right? Yeah. I fletch all my arrows with a left helical. But I take a little bit of 
Loctite and I dab it on the field tip and I screw it in there. The same Loctite you use for like, uh, you know, just the blue, the real, not the max, like the light stuff. So you can still like, I can grab it and I can torque it off with my hands. But but they never come. Yeah, they never unscrew themselves. Interesting. I've never done that. I might try that next year when I'm setting up for three. So that's what I do. Yeah, but they were talking about it. And so something to keep in mind. But I've always, I've always noticed that with my field tips and I just naturally just put a little dab of, of uh, Loctite on there. And it just solves that problem. Do the same for your broadheads too. I'm going to do this. I do this. I haven't done it, done it yet with my setup, but I'm going to be doing it. Yeah. Did they, uh, did they talk about probably doesn't affect uh, expandables mechanicals as much? Well, did it, they talk about I, the comparison at all. I don't, I don't remember, uh, but I, you know, I can't see it affecting expandables much, but you know what I mean? Like if that, if you if have a broadhead spins, if yeah, a field tip field spins, off, spins the broadhead's going to spin. And if your blades are set up, like it doesn't really matter. I don't think it matters. Like you don't have to line your veins up. I don't personally don't think you have to line your blades up with your veins or do the opposite. I think as long as all your arrows are set up the exact same way. Yeah. I think that's what matters more than anything else. Myself personally. So when I set up an arrow, I set it up every arrow the exact same way with yeah. the spline facing facing the same direction. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's a carbon arrow, it's going to have a fold and that's where the where it's spline aligned. So I and put that's that where in I wish I had one of those tools. I don't have one of those, but I would love to do that because it doesn't take long. Yeah. And then like you say, it's exact. It's All exact. the arrows so, are set up. So when I I I put my I put my blades, my broadhead blades matching up with my veins. Now it doesn't, I don't think it makes a difference if you do the like if you do them opposite or if you do it. I don't think it may. I just personally feel that every arrow has to be set the exact same way. So when you're dialing it in, all the arrows technically should be doing the exact same thing and you're adjusting your sight to match what those arrows are. That's how, that's how I do it. Well, the way I see it too, is you're eliminating the chance of something small offsetting, you know, like that's flexing that arrow. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. You know, if you eliminate that and they're all the same, then you're fixing less issues or you're dealing with, potentially less issues yeah you just it's one less thing on the list and i mean my arrows from my broadheads like we talked the other day like so i picked up those wasp sharpshooters yeah they're 100 grains they come in 100 well i'm shooting 125 i am doing 125 normally do 125 125 field tips right they don't they make 100 and 150 oh but i put a 75 grain insert in there with so normally i'm shooting a 125 field tip with a 50 grain insert yeah so with a broadhead i did a 100 grain and a 75 grain so technically it's the same thing right yeah um technically it should be the same thing so what i found is when i put that broadhead with the three blazer veins originally it was going high to the right yeah it was steering out of control like it was steering to the right and high so i fletched four i put four veins on there for more steering straighten it out but it was still shooting a bit high so i put a wrap on there four fletched uh, shot dead center right later i took the 100 grain broadhead and the 75 grain insert and the 125 grain field tip and this 50 grain insert and i measured them both and they weren't the same weight really yeah 
the field tip 125 grain field tip and the 50 grain um insert were a little heavier than the broadhead with the 75 grain but when i took a when i just took a a wrap an arrow wrap put it with the field the broadhead and the 75 grain insert it was almost the exact same weight little tiny bit lighter that's why i was shooting high because the arrow was a little lighter it's funny too because i know a few people through discussion and through the last couple of years of meeting people online through a couple of teams that I'm with, some of them weigh everything. Like when yeah. they've, they've got their arrow on their scale, then they put their, if they're going to do three fletch, they take their fletchings they're going to use. They put yeah. them on the scale. Then they put, you know, like you say, an insert and they come up with their weight. They'll set that package to the side and then they'll start with their next one. And they'll mix and match until they're all virtually identical. Yeah. Even if they have to switch out a couple veins or whatever, they don't want them any different. And I was like, well, that's kind of anal. Why? Well, like you're saying it, it might make a, a minute difference. And yeah. So now instead of pissing with my sight, I switched to, so my broadhead is on an arrow. I have a broad, I have a 100 grain wasp with a 75 grain insert with an arrow wrap and four veins is the exact same weight as a field tip 125 grain field tip 50 grain insert three blazer veins the thing is I, I, like i said i was shooting to the right the four veins added extra steering to straighten that arrow out now my arrow my broad arrow with the broadhead and my arrow with the field tips are shooting the exact same i don't even have to touch my sight they're just shooting. all i all i did was just add more steering and make up the difference in the weight because that mm. i that um broadhead was a little light of a hundred grand, like it was a little lighter. Yeah. And that picture that I sent you of my broadhead and my field tip, I was broadhead tuning there. The arrow, the top arrow there, there was only like an inch difference max between the two. I'd say a full inch, but I honestly think that that field tip shot to me didn't feel as good as the broadhead shot. So I'm going to be interested next week because I'm going to push it out to 60 now that I've got 50, like I'm, I'm solid out to 50. I'm hundred percent animal walks at 50 dead man walking, but I'm going to push it out to 60. Cause I like to just, that's where our, our static range is. So it's like, I might as well max out what I've got easy access to for now. Anyway, with being this close to the season, get it dialed in for that. But I'm going to be curious how close my field tip and broadhead are. And I mean, it's like when we were talking to Greg pool there the other, the other week, this time of year, I don't give a shit about, yeah. the, you know, great. If they do line up great. Cause it's something to think about what did kind of like what you did. You did some tinkering and that tinkering made everything line up. But to me, that's just a, that's just a bonus yeah. for that field tip. It's just a little education. What did they do to get there? Yeah. And then, you know, maybe I'll weigh these arrows after and see the difference with the extra fletching and stuff on there. Um, but all I care about is that broadhead. Yeah, that's all you want hitting bang on and the thing is if you're going to a range to shoot anyway it really doesn't matter like i shoot yeah. my front yard and i like realistically if an accident happened which it never would i would never let it happen but like a broadhead and a field tip is really going to make a difference yeah no. you know what i mean no yeah. not gonna make any difference still gonna go through my tire of my truck yeah. or go through you know my dad's camper window which is parked right in the fucking middle of my driveway drives me nuts right yeah it's it's still gonna go like it's still gonna do damage, but I just I just would prefer to shoot field tips yes. than broadheads in my front than in my front yard, right? Same with me. Yeah. So that's the only reason like I wanted to get them, you know, I wanted to have it 
dialed in. Now, the thing is, if I couldn't get it dialed in, I would have just set it up to, for my broadheads, and I really don't give a shit where my arrows are going with my field tips. I would have still shot my field tips, shot those practice arrows. I just really wouldn't have cared where it was going on the target, or I would have aimed at a different place. Like, really, it's just the process. It's just getting out there's muscle memory, walking through you. Like, you can shoot, man, you can shoot 10 feet, and as long as you're going, you know, you're focusing on the process, yeah. it's all that really matters. I mean, obviously, you know, the further you shoot, you know, the better your grouping is going to get, right? You shoot at 100 yards and you get your grouping to eight inches. When you go to 60, that target's going to look pretty big. Yeah. But yeah, at and, the end and, of the day, it's just you want to, you know, you want to keep, you know, work on your form, work on your release, all that stuff, right? Work on your process, your draw cycle, all that stuff. So that's just it. My neighbors, I think, think I'm crazy because I'm out in the backyard. Like you are, you're in your front yard. I'm in my backyard. I usually only shoot maybe 10 yards, 15 tops. Yeah. And it's just those reps. And I mean, yeah. I did get a whole lot of new equipment this year. The thumb release was the biggest change for me. Yeah, yeah. new bow, but a bow is still a bow in my mind. There's some that feel better or whatever, but going from wrist release, you know, finger trigger to a thumb release was that that was the hardest thing to get used yeah, to and consistent sure. at. And a few thousand arrows later. Yeah. Well, and it's I can uh, tell when I've done something instantly i don't even care where the impact is i can tell as soon as that yeah. arrow has left the the bow whether something's a little bit different than the last one yeah i can tell in an instant yeah yeah and you still, definitely can and uh, you know and i'm still open for tips if somebody's out there with us i got a lot of knowledgeable people around me that shoot and any one of them if if they're like okay i see you're kind of doing this oh i'm listening like yeah how how can I get that out? If that's there, okay. I'm going to video myself so I can actually see it. Yeah. I mean, that's like, okay. Good. good too. And then it's like, okay, now how do we eliminate that? Or what should I do? I think a person's got to be open to that too, because that alone will screw up. Maybe your arrows are perfect. Maybe your whole setup is perfect, but it's your freaking, your release. Oh, yeah. Releasing well, it could, is, is screwing yeah. it all it up. It could be so much things. And there's a lot of ways you can tell. I mean, you can tell instantly when that bow like instantly as soon as you hit that as soon as you click your release you can tell if it was a good shot or not i mean yeah. just the way it feels in your hand you can tell and i mean you can even look down range if your arrows are all face like you could tell if one arrow is not facing the same direction as the rest that's right then you hand torque your bow right yeah. something happened right you, just, you can just tell you can tell when you shoot enough you can tell you can tell all these little things and you can be like like i can tell right away i'm like ah oh, that wasn't a good shot i don't even have to look down range i was like fuck yeah bad shot you can feel it just in your hand you can feel it in your grip hand it was a good yep. shot or bad shot i don't know about you like for me i'm i'm pretty confident with my thumb release i'm sure there's something minute that could get better what i'm trying to focus on now like my next step is my is my grip i've got a very relaxed grip but I have realized, and it's fine because as long as you do it the same all the time is my theory, I Absolutely. find I put a little more heel pressure yeah. in my hand. That's a bad thing though. Well, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure as long as I'm, I'm beating you in 3d shoots, I'm happy. Um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see next year. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, okay, now I can focus that. And it's like, you got that hand I'm full draw. And it's like, okay, just try to relax that hand in that grip because something doesn't quite feel right. It doesn't feel normal. It might it's, be one thing though, too, to remember is like a Hoyt, the angle of a Hoyt, the grip is a lot different. I noticed that yeah. was the hardest thing because I shot Hoyt for so long. 
the hardest thing from going to Matthews is the difference in the angle. And I put one of those beat those ultra B grips on there. Yeah. But the fucking thing broke. So oh. I had to tear it off. It cracked. I don't know how it cracked. My bow maybe. That just changed the angle on it. And it changes the angle to make it more of a like you know, there's not a lot of angle on the Matthews grips, and with the Ho- yeah. with a Hoyt bow, there's a little more. Yeah. So that's one thing I noticed. But like I put, I'm a pretty low, like in the palm bottom palm shot anyway. Yeah. Um. So I'm getting used to it. But I noticed like this year, especially moving switch to new new bow, got to be cognizant of my grip, my hand, because I can torque. I torque torque my bow a lot more, yeah. and I think it has to do too with that longer axle to axle. Or, ax- fuck, I can't talk today longer longer axle to axle bow right you're getting a lot more like i feel like i get way more feedback out of that yeah than even like a 31 30 31 inch bow it'll be interesting when you're out hunting and there's a wind as to how much you'll feel it in your hand you know yeah. what I mean? it's it's like you add a couple inches on there it's like having a sail on there like it's yeah to move around a little yeah, more it'll be sure. interesting to see if it affects how it sits in your hand or once it's in there, it's in there. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to make any deal. Like I shoot out if I, if it's windy, I'll actually go outside and shoot just to yeah. practice. Like I don't, I don't shy away from, I never like, Oh, it's too windy to shoot. I actually look forward to that just because it, you know, it uh, helps you practice, stabilize your bow. Yeah. Um, I think, it, I think the biggest thing, man, is it just comes like, I mean, I think it just comes down to, you just gotta be like, you gotta be in, in the moment. You got to be like all every. There's a lot of variables that are coming into play at that specific second or that time. Yeah. Um, you know, wind's just one of them. There's always going to be wind. I mean, well, I think you got to play the wind. Absolutely, and kind of like what we were talking about before. You know, the first couple of weeks of September, you're fighting the the mosquitoes and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, how many times did I tell you I was out there training and all I was doing was shooting a couple arrows, and just holding and just watching the mosquitoes suck blood out of my arm and be like, yeah, just take it. Just take yeah. it. Yeah. I got this. There's a big bull yeah. out there. You can't let down. <laughs> yeah. I do that all the time too. Cause we get a lot of mosquitoes out in the front seaters there. And I just sit there and be like, Hey, take it, take it, take yeah. it. And then I'll just hold, hold, hold. I practice that too quite a bit. I'll practice holding. That's for a good one. A good length of time. Cause I mean, like you, I've drawn, like I remember when I was analog hunting, man, I'm, I don't know how long it was, but like the, my buddy I was with, he's like, dude, you're ho- sitting there at full draw for like six minutes. And I was like, it felt like a long time, but I don't know if it was six minutes, dude. He's like, dude, that was a long fucking time. Six minutes is insane. Yeah. I don't, I'll be honest. There's no way I could hold mine for that long. Well, you like, know what the, like, like even a with minute the bows now, like once you're at full draw, like there's not, there's a, like the let off is quite high, right? Quite, quite high. So I think a lot bad. of that not, comes down to a bit of training like even what you do you know like yeah. you're doing a lot of shoulder workout you're doing well you're doing everything but i think you need to honestly like what i was doing because i came off a rotator cuff tear this last year so a lot of my exercise from the spring into summer was literally just holding five pound weights straight uh-huh. out or on different angles just representing holding a bow yeah and and you know i'd roll my wrist and everything right. so the weight is kind of building up those those uh little muscles all throughout your shoulder at different angles you know like you're fighting wind and all that kind of stuff you're holding full draw well i i don't need to hold 50 pounds out in front i just need to hold steady so i'd rather work on just what do you want to call it old man strength you know i don't need the powerlifting strength i just i just need that old man 
kind of just being able to hold it out for a long period of time. Yeah. So, but that needs, I still need to work on that quite a bit too. I'd, I'd like to up it even to just a couple pounds, not much, you know, six, seven pounds or something like right. that. And just, yeah, I've never tried that one. I just, like I said, I'll just draw it. What I do too is like if I'm bored or, you know, you got 10 minutes or something to burn, I'll go sit out in my garage. I got that big giant target and I'll just sit it. Yeah. I'll just hold my bow at full draw for as long as I can. Yeah. Like just sit one. there and I try to pick one spot and just, I just try to keep my sight on that one spot for as long as I can. I don't know how long, like, I, I think how long I go, of... I should time myself. I never really time myself, but maybe I'll time myself just to see how long I can go. It'd be interesting. I should do the same thing too, just out of curiosity. Because yeah. I think a lot of people will say, oh yeah, I held for two, three minutes. Well, seriously, count to 30 seconds. Oh, well, that's what I mean. And it's, it's, you're going to be like, oh no, it's got to be a minute or two. No, yeah. that was 30 seconds. It and... is. It's, it's like that you're like, because if you start counting seconds, that's why it was funny. Because like, uh, Carrie was like, dude, you're holding that for like six minutes. I was like, dude, it felt like a long time to me, but that's to me. But if he's saying it was a long time and he was watching, but that fucking antelope, it was coming and it just stopped. And I was right behind a little sagebrush. And it's like, I can't move. I just yeah. had to take it. And like, it, it, it was like 50 something yards, 50 something, 54 yards. I can't remember. It was a while ago. And it was walking and I shot and it was back. The shot was back. It was, it wasn't a good shot. Yeah. But I mean, I got the antelope in the end. I got it again with another arrow, but, but that was with, that was also with last year's bow, right? No, that was with uh, my RX three. Okay, I think it was the three. Yeah, RX three. Because I, I shot your bow with five. the range there at the three D shoot, and man, that thing the Matthews. Was, it it was butter. Like I mean, it, it yeah, it felt like there was nothing there in the back end. Yeah, well, like, I've noticed really like nice. even the let off, like that Matthews. Like once you're full draw, it's a lot easier than like. But I noticed that even with like the three to four to five in the RX. Yeah, they got better, but the cams also got a lot bigger. Yeah. I, and I love mine because I've got that Ventum Pro 33. Yeah. Um, but I still, and I think I've got it 80% let off. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that, but yours felt, I think yours felt a little easier to hold back, like at full draw. It just, mm -hmm. it didn't feel like there was much there at all yeah, in, com in comparison. And we're talking minute people because yeah. like they're both amazing. Oh yeah. But yeah, you're, so. you're kind of splitting hairs, but whatever. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've, from what I've seen, online and from what i've heard that ventum pro is like seems to be doing better than uh than the um rx7 yeah I've, I've heard lots of lots of people kind of saying the same thing not yeah. lots but a few people that i know that have shot them both and they've they've gone to the ventum and yeah. taking price point away because there's a big price point difference too between yeah. them but even them saying you know like if you just if it was even steven they still would have gone to the Ventum Pro. Yeah. So and I just I just don't think you can get a bad bow these days. No, you can't, I think, man. You can think, you can go and pick any bow off the shelf and it's freaking money. Yeah. I think it's just after a while you're gonna get used to it and then you're gonna have personal preference. Yeah. And that's that's what it's but gonna be. I mean, come even the to. thing is like you you shoot you shoot a bow enough and then it's gonna start to feel natural. Like anything, yeah. right? It's like running for you, right? You do 5k. And at first it's, you know, it's different. And then I try was... listening to a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> sipping on my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. while I'm chasing you down. <laughs> Running me over. Yeah. This, this guy doesn't run. I'll walk all day long up straight up and down a mountain, but I do not run. 
if I'm running, your ass better be running too, because there's something coming after me. <laughs> you see me running, you best be running. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first things I learned on the oil patch back in the day when the boss goes running off the deckhand, you go running. You don't ask why. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop to ask. Just go. No. Well, that can be done afterwards. <laughs> so so your moose spot, what is it burning down? No, no, that was a little worrisome. That's on there's a fire out in uh in where our LEH draws are for moose this year. Um, but it's on the very, very northern tip of it and not where I was planning on hunting anyway. Um, but it's there. I think I heard it's thirteen hundred hectares. And it's freaking hot out here. We've got no rain really in sight that I can tell. No. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think it's in a good place as far as good places go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of rocky and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's from what I've heard from people who kind of work out in the area. Um, it's not terrible yet. They'll find out, I'm sure, in this next week where it's going to go, what's going to happen, because I'm sure we'll start getting some temperature influxes which will cause a bit of wind and you know some storms coming through it's just that time of year right with september rolling around so it'll be interesting to hear that but i can actually access our hunting area i got to go a ways south to get up in there but it's still quite a ways away luckily because if it was in the middle i'd be i'd be sweating bullets a bit but uh i still hopefully it doesn't switch but those fires, man, they burn so fast and they cover so much ground. Fuck you. Well, know. And there's nothing saying that we don't get a storm, you know, some lightning storm come through tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, that could, that could happen anywhere, right? Everywhere. Yeah. So we'll see. But it's a lot better for forest fires this year just in British Columbia anyway, than it has been or than it, like yeah. last year was. We've got a little gross. bit of smoke here, but it's not. Yeah. We've the been, last couple of years. Good. We've been tasting it. It's been, oh, yeah, so thick. it's been so bad. You could even go outside. Yeah. But I don't, uh, I think everywhere it's been relatively better than it's been in the past. So hopefully, uh, knock on wood, it stays like that. I hope so. Because, so. man, it sucks trying to go hunting in September when it's just smoky. I remember that one year, it wasn't last year. There was one year where smoke was really bad in September. I think that was, and it was like two years ago. I yeah, think it was, it was like, thick. okay, come on. It was hard to breathe. Like, it yeah. didn't matter what kind of shape you well, were Well, you in. couldn't see. It was like hunting in fog. It's like, yeah. this is retarded. Actually, you couldn't you know glass anything. That was two years ago because that's when I got my drone and I was had all these plans on going to these different areas, not during hunting season, people, um, just to make up some cool videos because we got some yeah. cool stuff around us. Yeah, I couldn't fly it. I flew yeah. it in the spring before the fire started, but then literally I couldn't even see the mountains that were at the base of. That's how thick it was, and I packed it away, and I just finally brought it out last weekend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember that. That was, you could taste it. It was disgusting. Like you'd. Yeah. No fun. No. I even remember like on my trail camera pictures and stuff, like just like looking back at them, just smoke. Yeah. I got to check my trail cameras. Where'd those, you sent me some pictures of some deer today. Where'd those mealies come from? Those are back up in Rupert. Somebody sent me those pictures. Dude, that is a big, big black tail. nice deer. (laughs) Those are that's, black tails. Too. That's a black tail. Yeah. I had to take another look at that thing. Sent me that on Instagram, didn't you? Yeah. That was here. Dude, it's it huge. A, I thought it was a really nice mule deer. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, it's big. I mean, that's obviously, I mean, for a black tail, it's huge. I mean, it's a decent sized muley too. Oh, but, man. Like if you move, but I mean, for a black tail, that's a pig. I think it's got a big body too. I mean, antlers are big, but yeah, the body's big too. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 
that's a good looking deer man yeah i asked him i said uh i asked him i can't remember when it opens up there but i thought about it a bit and i remembered still got a bit of time mm-hmm. it's in town anyway how about you you got uh you got kind of a fun hunt coming up here yeah everyone leave on on the third take off chase some caribou that's sweet yeah we'll see bow only don't run just walk <laughs> in the run air. up the mountain <laughs> that's a little much I enjoy running, but not that much. I, I had to cut running down a little bit, though, because uh, my one knee, I got to get surgery on this knee that I got torn meniscus, not from running. <laughs> <laughs> I know old you're, I know you're gonna really say getting old. Yeah, it's that freaking occupational hazard I have yeah. of a job. Getting old ain't for sissies, as my grandma says. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is true. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine your knees would take a, a shit kick in doing what you do. So, yeah, it's uh, it's just the weight. I mean, if you think about it, like one pallet a block, it weighs thirty two hundred pounds, and I personally install four pallets a block a day. Jeez. So, to why why run? <laughs> yeah, so I, I've actually right gotten like a few messages on Instagram. People asking me since I started posting all the workout stuff, they have been asking me like, "What do you do for a living?" I say, "Well, I'm a mason." They're like. Isn't that pretty physically demanding? Um, yeah. But it's only for eight or 10 hours a day. It's <laughs> good for yeah. you. A few screws loose is all I can say. <laughs> what are you going to do for uh, archery opening? You going right for elk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to get that. Got to get that out of the way. I'm hoping. So like any, I, you're, too, you're like, are you going to be picky or just like? No. Any bull. Any bull. I... You're going bow only though. Yeah. You have no choice. I have no choice. And I've worked so hard in the last couple of years that it's just got to get done. I have not harvested an animal with my bow. I've been agonizingly close every single year, but one that I had no chance whatsoever on anything. And it just hasn't come together. Uh, Just either the animal doesn't do what I need it to do. doesn't present itself properly. No ethical shot. Um, or like last year, rookie move, Pete, um, you know, left my quiver on my bow up in my climber and the bottom of, bottom of my knocks, as I turned to square up on this bull that came in on the first day, the knocks hit the metal frame. That oh, son of a bitch fuck. looked up at, and he didn't run, which made it even more painful. So I just had to sit there locked in. I wasn't at full draw yet, so I couldn't pull back. And this thing was broadside at 40, 14 yards. With one eyeball looking up at me. So you were in the stand. I, I know you've heard this, but I just want to go over it again. You're in the yeah. stand. Yeah. And it walked out 14 yards. Yeah. It walked down. Dude, dude, everyone's like, been there. Circled. Like I've done it. Oh. Like I've done it like whitetail hunting. I still do that shit. Like I still am like, not like, okay, I, I got a good one for you. Okay. Bear hunting. Um, You get a bear, go to draw back and your the felt on your on your drop away round your rest is a little bit wore out and it makes a tiny scraping noise yeah. tiny scraping noise that you don't hear but it hears it and you hear it that moment that time and you know and you know and it's gone i've done that like yeah. the shit like that like and you just sit there and you're like i am a shitty hunter like it <laughs> totally puts you back to pers- like just when you think okay like, man i got you know i'm yeah. doing good and blah 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 like it just like the delusions of grandeur are gone because you're like, man, I am just oh. not as a lockdown hunter as I think I am or I want to be. I, I got to tighten my shit up. 
like little things like that. Yeah. Fuck, I've done it, man. I've like, like the click, like not clicking your D, like your release on your D loop and like doing it later and like whitetail hunting and like click. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's gone. All it takes. Gone. Right. Like putting it's your bow, like putting your bow down in a bad spot in your blind. So when you move it, like leaning your bow, the worst thing you could do is when you're in a blind is lean your bow against the blind, right? Because as soon as you go to grab your bow, if you're making noise and they're like yeah. looking right, you're busted, gone. It's like you got to be sitting there all like no matter what you're doing, you basically have to be ready all the fucking time. And nice. it gets tiring, man. Like oh. it gets tiring. And that those are the things that were like, you got to just. That's, that's the mental just, part that kills yeah, you. Yeah, it's part of the game. Like when like your knocks and your quiver that'll never happen again but you just nope. need to go you need to explain it doesn't matter like even if you even if somebody told you that you yeah. still it's not the same until you it's not as meaningful as it is until you go through it and the thing about that now that that has happened to you once all those little things you're going to be thinking about oh yeah. you're going to be like okay like when you get in there how am i going to play this out so basically all I have to do is draw back. And that's where you want to be, right? Yeah. You want to be ready and just ready to draw back. And it's it's tough, man. Like, I've done it. Fuck, I still do it. Like, I still move in, sh- in a way. Like, bear hunting this last spring, I, you know, see, like, there's a bear there. And I just move a bad way. And it hears me move. And it, he's gone, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, man, it, it's just the way it is. And then, let's face it. It's always the woulda, shoulda, couldas. Oh, always. And then you're just like, ah. but I feel it's always going to be should every time it doesn't work out. Cause like yeah. even the times where even the times like I've done, I look back and like, you could do shit. You can do things where you've made a mistake, but for some reason it still worked out. Whereas other times, you know, that one mistake or that one yeah. tiny little incident, it just, you know, the stars weren't aligned and it didn't happen. But like this time it did. And like, obviously when it, when everything goes good and you're successful, all you're thinking about is how great it was. You're not looking back on all the little things that could have went wrong because yeah, why would you, right? And there's no point of it, it went good. So why would you even think about it going bad? But I mean, the times that when it goes bad, like myself anyway, man, that shit keeps me awake at night. It yeah. is brutal. And I try to tell other people too, one, the best mistakes to learn from are somebody else's. <laughs> Hopefully. But again, Hopefully, like but they're not as trying many, not like, to- yeah, I, I, I find they're not as meaningful because I, I can guarantee you that all the mistakes I've made somewhere along the line, I've been told something or something similar to where I should have not done that. And I did it anyway. But now that I've done it once, I'll never do it again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you only do it once. Yeah. And even to this day, my wife still razzes me as she doesn't have an elk steak on the dinner table. <laughs> do you think you'll pull back the bow this year? <laughs> Yeah, the same well, situation happens and i'm like you know you go right back to where you were you made the same mistake and it's like no i have to stick to my guns that if i would have pulled back 14 yards is nothing people <laughs> so when i say this thing was looking at me with one eye broad broadside it was looking at me with one eye broadside and it wasn't panicked it knew there was something up it yeah and i actually had it on video too i had a little tacticam camera on my bow yeah. And you can see, you can't hear me. It's a, it's a very small sound. So you can't hear it in the, in the footage, but you can see the second where it picked its head up and looked right up at me. Yeah. And from that moment on, you know, you couldn't see the eyeballs. I mean, it doesn't zoom in. The one I have doesn't really zoom in on it, but I'm like, I'm looking right at it. That thing had three gray eyelashes, you know, yeah. like that's, 
that's the kind of eye contact we had. And it's like, if I would have pulled back and I still hold it to this day, I'm sure it would have bolted. And in my mind, that was day one of the season, first yeah. hour, first hour in. So I keep telling myself, I have to keep telling myself, why would I take that big of a risk on day one? And it, it hasn't ran off. So 30 seconds from now, it might relax. Yeah. Well, that's I keep telling myself know. that be like, if it bolted, then it's like, okay, what dumb mistake, rookie mistake there. But when they don't bolt and it's like, okay, do you hold still or do you now push the envelope? Day yeah, one people, it? day yeah. one. That's a tough call. Yeah. Like I've had, I've had, I've come out stalking like deer, mule deer, come outside of a bush. And like, I come out, poke my head around the bush and the deer is looking right at me, dead at me, 30 yards away. And I've still made a step drawn back and let it go. Yeah. And got it. But I've also not moved. And the deer looked at me and took off. Yeah. Just consents it. Right. So, I mean, and I've also drawn back. I've also gone to draw back on animals and they bolted. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. That's what's so fun about it, man. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I'm going to be packing my bow all through moose season, even though it's rifle for most animals. Yeah. Just to help out with my wife and cousin and my hunting partner, depending on who I'm going out with. And it's like, all right, you keep calling for moose. I got my eyes on a mule deer. I'm just going to step over there for a minute and see if i can have a little conversation well i mean if you're hunting with people too the cool thing is like like if you get in a situation where you're like hey man i'll tell you what i'm gonna go try to take a poke at this thing with a deer with with my bow especially with mule deer because mule deer if they spook they don't always just take off sometimes they just run out of danger and they'll stop but they'll still be within rifle range but there's no way they're within bow range yeah so you could be like hey man let me get up and try to get bow range of this thing if it takes off don't shoot over my head, but just, you know, oh, you yeah. can pop it with your rifle. Those will be the things, especially my cousin coming out from the coast. Cause I told him like, we're allowed in here, BC with a group draw, you're allowed two moose. If you have three or more people in your, in your group. Yeah. Chances of us having two moose in bow season, probably next to none, but it's still a possibility. And he, my cousin was like, oh man, I just want to come out there hunting. And I was like, well, I'll take you elk hunting for sure. If that's the case, if we end up with two moose. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, no, you're here for your moose. <laughs> and if I hear a bugle sound off, I said, your ass is following me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to take can't... you all hunting and I'm going to show you how this plays out. Like, you're going to see what I'm talking about. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to chase a phantom moose when there's no, you know, wrapped up with a ribbon right there. And it's like, well, we're going after that for sure. Oh, I- I would do the same thing, man. I mean, I, I would, I won't be able to just because my moose draw is in November. Oh, okay. November. Yeah. So and elk's closed by then, but yeah, I, uh, man, I, I haven't even been, I haven't even been thinking about elk to be honest. No, I've just been thinking about mule deer. Yeah. Caribou and moose and black bear. And I have, it's just funny. I've got permission to hunt black bear on that chunk of land and it's open right now. Yeah. Just haven't had an opportunity at all well i just just so busy and like it's been hot and i just yeah i mean not that the heat i don't really find the heat you know is a deterrent um but i just we just been so busy i just gotta unfortunately gotta put some things ahead of the other but i mean september 1st is coming pretty quick oh man so i'm getting prepared to tell people it's gonna have to wait (laughs) yeah um 
the one thing you know i don't think i asked you is how long is your caribou hunt planned for how many uh, days are you gone 10 days like not quite 10 days but okay. 10 days if i have to so i'm gonna shoot like leaving on the th- i'm leaving on the third i want to be back by like no later than the sunday or monday yeah so that's my plan i gotta yeah i gotta work out a little a few more of the details in the next couple of days here but i don't oh, like being good. gone for too long like 10 wow. days is like 10 days just seems to be because 10 days and you got to add travel time right like 10 yeah. days if it's 10 days total like from the time you you say goodbye to the time you say hello back that's not bad but like a 10-day hunt is like a fifth it's like half a month being gone yeah well, especially when you got a business to run and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like one, if I if, and it all depends like how I plan it out. Like if I, if I miss like a Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, and then the whole next week, but I'm back for the following week, that's not bad, right? Because you really, I'm really only missing one one week, and like when I'm traveling, I can still have access. Like I can still email, return phone calls, all that stuff. Yeah, and then you're only really gone for one week, but you still get three extra days on the front end, and then two extra. You're still getting five extra days, so technically that's ten days. Like that to me is like a doable ten day trip. Yeah, but ten days of hunting, like the last one we did, uh, didn't do a ten day last last year. Last year before that, I did a ten day, like ten days hunting, like ten days leaving the truck, hunting back, gone for I think it was fourteen days 15 days from like the time i said goodbye time was back and it was too long dude that is that is mentally draining too like yeah. i don't even care if you're back country or if you have a base camp and you're just going for day trips from that base camp that stuff is just thinking about after a while anyway after a few days you're mentally drained from your hunt maybe possibilities positive or negative it doesn't matter and then you're starting to think of family how everybody's doing what's going on business yeah. in your case is everything running i know like you like to get everything lined up and set so that your guys are good everything else that you can possibly keep in order is in order before you leave so you don't have to think about it but it's got to be after a certain length of time you have to be thinking about about it to a, a certain extent yeah uh, i mean the work thing is one like home life is like number one and i yeah. think that is the biggest thing that's why like those those spot messenger and the garmin in reach is like the one of the most important things i mean obviously safety should be top priority but just like having the ability to you know mentally reset yourself yeah like talk to the wife talk to the kids i mean even though it's text whatever so i mean the work stuff yeah i mean the you know i like i had some issues with employees this year quitting um and just having to leave due to other stuff and like it is actually this year i don't really have a lot of employees left so it's kind of like i don't really have to worry about it (laughs) as shitty as it is it's been you know how busy it's been at work it's kind of like well uh like the one guy i was like well i'm going hunting uh do you want to just take a week off and he's like fuck yeah no that's all right he's gonna go down and see his mom in vancouver and stuff he's like i'm gonna take a week vacation but he's been giving her too right and um the other guy's like yeah i'm gonna take my kid to cultist lake so i was like okay well sweet perfect and then like i gotta you know my brother he'll be sad he do his own thing so but like like you know the years before like and when i did that 10 day trip i had like you know 10 guys working and yeah it it gets a little bit much but like when you get back it's like 
uh, nothing's the way it should have been, but those are, it's easy to recover from that. And the end of the day, it's like, okay, as long as the job's getting done and maybe it's, maybe it's a day or two or a week late at the end of the day, that shit really doesn't matter. Yeah. You got to have some fun in there too. Oh yeah, man. If I yeah. didn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't do like my, my wife knows it too. Like I couldn't do what I do every day and not be, not have like, like I have to shoot my bow every day. I have to work out every day for a reason. Yeah. Cause like, the day-to-day grind of like just all of it is just like yeah there's just no way i could no way i could do it and then like to go hunting it's just like you got to do the stuff that that makes you feel whole that's for sure because that makes everything else worthwhile like all the hard hours that everybody puts in that's what i found i found that out in my early 30s you can work all you want make all the money you want but if you don't have time to enjoy the fruits of it what's the point you're just giving up time yeah and you can't get that back no, you can't so man. set that time aside. Don't wait till next year, the year after the year after, like do some of the stuff that you enjoy. Camping, you have to whatever. I don't care what it is. Go lawn bowling. doesn't matter. Whatever. Well, what, yeah, man. And like, I see these guys like that are older than me in the same industry, man. And they're just like, like I'm 43 and like, <laughs> so I can't wait to turn 43. Um, you're still going to be older. all maybe not always but um uh was i talking about oh yeah like the guys that are like 55 and 60 doing what i do they're like they're fucked up man they're just like they but they never did anything and like you talk to them and like like they just basically what they do they'd work 10 12 hours a day and they go home and drink and that's it right and that's all they do and but it's easy like because when you're done like when i'm done work I'm fucking bagged. Yeah. Like I'm bagged, but I'll come home and then I do shit around the house. You just got to like work your way out of it. So, but it just takes a while. Like eventually after doing it for so long, your body just like mentally, mentally and physically, you're just like, you actually have energy. But like, I look at those guys, man, and they're just like, they're in rough shape, like 55 looking like they're 75. That right? sucks. Just drinking. Well, that's their, that's their thing. They just come home and they just drink drink case of beer flat of beer right like yeah. a flat of beer a day couldn't do that i like no a, i mean a beer like or two a little, here or there yeah after work on thing. a hot day or something but you know what honestly once it starts cooling down in fall time my drinking goes way down like maybe when yeah. hockey starts i might have one or two beer on a hockey night and that yeah. is it for the week yeah. like i've just i have no desire yeah yeah i know i get it and but those guys i'm talking like a day wow so like just breaks down your body mentally and physically and that's the thing is like you go you're tired you have no energy and then you just drink and then you get up now you feel shitty and you start the day out like that all right and then you finish the day even worse and it's like just compounds it's like gets to a point where you're just like that's why they are the way they are yeah yeah. but that's why you need like i look at those guys like don't you do anything no i just work like jesus they're like at least find a hobby man What's that? So at least I don't run though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, as long as you're doing what you like to do, man. Yeah. You're getting oh, after yeah. it in different ways. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. As long as you're getting after it, like it doesn't have to be like I do it because I like it. Yeah. Right. It, it's and I don't like to sit around. I don't watch TV. I don't, you know, I sh- probably should read a lot more. I'd love to, like I got books I'd love to read, but I just like, I read to the, like put the kids to bed, you read a book and it's like, okay, it's bedtime. Yeah. So. No, I hear you there. 
yeah, whatever, whatever it is, it's just keeping, it's keeping your brain active and yeah, keeping man. it going instead of just being in the same routine all the time. Like do something that changes it up and yeah, you enjoy doing and it. You see, you see so many people like that. Like they just like Monday, they just dread Mondays and like Tuesday to like just fighting to get through, through tomorrow, like tomorrow's yeah. hump day. And then they get over the hump. And then it's like downhill. They're just counting, right? There's like, okay, it's easier. Friday, right on Saturday, gone too fast. Sunday, you know, trying to yeah. prolong Sunday and then Monday, just dreading it. For me, you know, if, I'm, life. if I'm feeling, you know, like it's a long week or something like that, weather permitting, it depends how hot it is or how cold it is. Then I'll go for a, a hike, go check some trail cameras. I've always yeah. got them up year round just to get out, go do something, go snowshoeing. Yeah, bring the gun something. with you in case you see a coyote or something. You know, like just something. Yeah. Well, just like get out and shoot. Like, yeah, like just even getting out of the house and shooting your bow yeah. is like it's like that's why I love my wife to do it more. Like, just like you're feeling like you don't have anything to do, go outside and shoot your bow, and you're gonna be like, it's like you're just gonna relax, or you're gonna get really frustrated, <laughs> but you can't like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't. Some days you're just like, why the fuck is that? You know, you're shooting bad. It just compounds. But you were saying that she might come out and shoot the 3D shoot. She said year? she's going to next year. And so when I keep asking him, like, should we throw some arrows at a target? Maybe. Nah. Okay. What we'll do is we'll wait till the, this is what we'll do. We'll wait till the day before we'll we're going to the arrows. shoot. We'll pull your bow out and you throw 15 arrows at the target. And then next day you're going to be like, I'm stiff. That's what's going to happen. Watch it. She'll still go in it. And then she'll be like all gung ho. Like, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get home. I'm gonna shoot every day. And like you're gonna, you're gonna be you have, she has like everybody in our family has zero excuses. You go in the backyard, there's like eight 3D targets in the backyard, and you can <laughs> shoot 40 yards up to 40 yards. You go in the garage, there's a giant ass target you can shoot at. My kids yeah. shoot at it. You go in the front yard, you can shoot up to 70 yards now. I move some shit around. It's like Hey, you could even go out in the street. And sh- I was throwing them at a hundred. I saw that. I don't know. Like I did. You, you got to have good neighbors because I don't. But my neighbors are solid. So that's all right then. Well, hopefully she comes out. Yeah, I hope I'll so. be. I'll be. I'll be helping her out. I'd like Why her it's be, Jack? I'd like. I'd like her to beat you. That'd be. A, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> More worried about yeah, why. I, can, I can't wait to see Wyatt shoot again next year. He did really good this year. Yeah, and he would have did better. Um, he would have did better at the beginning, but we weren't. Yeah, we were counting. I don't know for some reason we were pissing. We were doing something different with our score. I don't know why, but yeah, uh, it's all. I mean, he was still. That was only a couple points, and he still would have got third place, which is awesome. I mean, he was pretty jacked on that. Yeah, but no, nah, that good. just gave him incentive to do better or do more. Yeah, what do you got to do to to get up to second? What do you got to do to get to first? Like, yeah, well, that's the way he's thinking. He's like, hey, I only need that many more points. Right. So and now you start thinking of just, back. Yeah. You, you think back to a few of those oh, you do, errors man. and it's like, oh, that was only two shots. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I, I was place. so close there. It's like that one, fuck, I could have did it. Like there's just so many. Yeah. But you know, that's the me, fun thing about those targets. And like on the second round, it's fun too because you know the round a little better. Yes. Right. You know the branches, you know, you know the layout. So you definitely do better the second time, which I mean. It's fun to go out. Hopefully, have you guys thought any more about doing some like different? It'd be cool like to pay. So like, because if I want to go in it, I can go in twice. I can go in once for like um, range finder, non range finder. Yeah. Like the first time, go through, rip through it, 
pay the fees for that, rip through it non-range finder. Yeah. Second time, do it, it with range finder. We haven't sat down and talked. We've had a few of our main guys, super lots of changes at their work and stuff like that. And so it's it's kind of last on priority list, but it's yeah, definitely no going to come up. I, I like the idea. Why not? Like if you want to try entering in a few categories or yeah and like you like, still pay you just pay to you keep you pay the 40 dollars, like whatever it is to enter yeah. but you pay 40 dollars per per category you're going in right i mean yeah. yeah yeah as long as you do it in order so that you're not cheating for distances then yeah like you, know, you, you don't do, do the range finder you do the non-range you'd have to do the non-range finder first but then That's it right. doesn't matter if you go through with the range finder after right no because you're checking it again every single time so yeah so it doesn't matter no it'll be yeah it's good it's and then hopefully next year we'll have a few more like side shoot things you know some fun shoots and some long yeah. bomb shoots or does i mean you've seen the facility we we can do whatever we want oh yeah like it's yeah it's pretty sweet that way yeah so. the long stuff is uh it's fun but you can do there's a lot you can do yeah there's so many options okay buddy Mm-hmm. We'll wrap her up, eh? All right. Have a good night. Hey, man. Yeah. Talk to you later. Okay, guys, I want to thank you again for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast. It's coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Quick shout out to the sponsors of this show Vortex Optics, the best in optics, period. AKU Boots, yoke to your feet. Now, if you guys go check out the uh, show notes, um, you're going to find some promo codes. Use them. Save a bunch. And uh, if you guys could please leave us a rating or review, we really appreciate that. And uh, until next time, love you guys.